How's everyone doing today? You doing all right? That worship was amazing. Let's give it up for our worship team one time. Amen, amen. Emmanuel, come sit up here with, with your folks. Your generation needs Emmanuel. It's not just, just you. That's prophetic. Your generation needs to know the Prince of Peace. Amen. All right. Let's pray before we get into it. Jesus, I thank you for being in this room already. I thank you for your spirit filling this room, God. I pray that today your words will be spoken. I pray that in this moment there is less of me and more of you. God, I thank you that you are here right now. And I pray that walls are breaking down in Jesus' name right now. Walls that are around hearts, walls that are around minds are breaking down right now in Jesus' name. We love you and we praise you. Amen. All right. Let's get into this word today. The title of my message is Fake World. Everyone say Fake World. You know, I preached this about a month ago now. It's kind of crazy. I preached this in DSM a month ago, and I had a very hard time, I guess, approaching preaching this message to you. Because you could ask Elder Alice, and she'll tell you that DSM doesn't play. They get the truth, they get the facts, they get the real, because teenagers don't like it any other way. They'll sniff through that and say, you're fake. And so when thinking about preaching this message in this room to this crowd, I had to talk to God and say, God, I don't think, I don't think they're ready. I don't think they, they're going to be able to hear this and accept it. I don't know if they've been indoctrinated too much by this world to be able to hear the truth and handle it. And so the week after I preached this at DSM, I came in here and I preached something else to y'all. I told PT, I said, Pastor Troy, I said, I'm not going to do, I, I can't preach that in there. So it's like my second time preaching on a Sunday. I don't want them to hate me. And after I preached that message, I came down off that stage and I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you're not going to preach what I give you. If you're not going to tell the truth, he said, don't ever get on that stage again. Don't pick that microphone up. Don't get anointed as a pastor. If you don't want to listen and share what I've told you, then I'll stop talking. And you do your thing. But I'm not going to be with you. And so today, my message is titled Fake World. And we're going to start out and get right into scripture. In 1 Peter 2, through 4 through 9, it says, As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Amen? Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scripture, it says... I see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, 
and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey this message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If you believe that, let me hear you this morning. Amen. You have been called. And so when we talk about this fake world, before we get into it, I have a question. Will you be a living stone? Will you be a living stone being built into a spiritual house? Being built into a spiritual safe place of authority? A spiritual wall of authority that cannot be broken? Because we have to decide, church. We have to decide that if we're going to continue to move forward in this world, are we going to be people that can be stepped over or are we going to be living stones? Because it says that to the people who listen and agree to this message, they'll see it as precious. They'll see you as valuable. And to the people that don't, they're going to trip. But guess what? If I'm going to move forward as a Christian, if I'm going to read this word and live this life, you're going to trip over me, even if you don't agree. You might think it's stupid. You might not agree. You might not want to go the way I say. You might not want to follow the Bible, but I will not walk in this world without being built into a spiritual house. And even if you don't agree, you're going to hear me, and I'm not going to waver, and I'm not going to change the way I present this gospel I'm not going to change the way I walk. I'm not going to change the way I worship to be more palatable for anybody. Amen? So you have to decide today, church, will you be a living stone? Turn to your neighbor and say, will you be a living stone? Will you follow the calling amidst rejection of culture? Will you be able to look at the culture of this world? Will you be able to look at the pressures of society and say, I don't care if you reject me. I don't care if every single person on my Facebook page doesn't agree. I don't care if my family, my workplace, whoever it may be. I don't care if my kids don't agree. Will you be a living stone in the face of rejection? Because there is a narrative and there's this world that is being created, this lie that is being spread and permeated through our culture That says empowering sin, being complicit to sin, enabling sin is love. It's a lie. Everyone say, that's a lie. But it's hard because when you do that, when you say, hey, I don't agree, they come at you. Are you racist? Are you ignorant? Are you hate women? You hate men. You hate freedom. You hate justice. You hate, 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 you hate. But you have to look at those things and say, I am a living stone being built into a spiritual house. And whether you agree with this message or not, you're going to trip over me. Because I'm standing firm on this. I'm standing firm on this. In 1 Peter 4.4, it says, They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless and wild living. And they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. We're going to stick in First and Second Peter today. And Peter's writing these letters to the scattered church from prison, knowing he's getting ready to die. 
And he's talking about the state of the church, false prophets, this idea that Jesus wasn't real, these ideas being permeated and spread through the culture at the time that the things that the apostles believe and were preaching are false. A fake representation of the gospel being preached by pastors and leaders who were living like the world. You know, I think Peter wrote those letters for 2023. I understand that it was way back then, but it's for right now. Because right now we are living in a world that is taking pieces from this book, taking a little piece of it, sprinkling all they sauce and seasonings all over it, and then serving it up as truth. But let me tell you something, this don't need no sauce. Don't need no sauce. This is it. This is it. I don't need your seasoning. I don't need your sauce. I don't need your ideas. This, only this, truth. There's nothing fake in here. Anything added is fake. It's man-made. Synthetic. Like all of our food we eat. This only, this is it. The creation of fake world. In 2 Peter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Does that sound like any culture that you know? Yeah, right? We hear. This is a letter for today. Because right now, we are living in a fake world. People playing God, creating solutions out of their own mind, creating solutions out of their own instincts, calling what they believe feels good truth, creating this fake world filled with virtue signaling, doing things to make themselves look virtuous. Wow, you look amazing for doing that. <laughs> thinking that we're God. You know, I'm a, I'm a um, secret nerd. Um, like, some of you guys think I was like, oh, he's cool, he plays football and stuff. But if you saw my YouTube, like, for you page, my homepage on YouTube, you'd be like, who is this 12-year-old that's into reptiles and Pokemon and, like, just all this weird cornball stuff? Like, it's, it's pretty bad. And you'd be like, why, why is, who watches this weird collection of things? But I have been since I was a little kid. Like, I've loved reptiles since I was little. You can ask my mom. She's over there. And you watch these reptile videos on YouTube, and they talk about how they've saved these reptiles from the wild, and they've created an environment for them to thrive. You say, wow, if it weren't for us, if it weren't for me, then this reptile would have been endangered. They would have died. 
We've removed all the threats that are threatening this reptile in the wild. We've removed all the threats and gave him a safe place to grow and thrive. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. And as I was watching one of those videos, I thought, I said, but it's not real. It's not real. You see, when we, as a culture and a society, have put our feelings, have put what we think is right before this word, we've created this environment where we think we can just remove threats by our own strength and be our own saviors, be our own God. We virtue signal. Say, look at me, I'm about to throw away these Jordans because Travis Scott killed some people at the concert. I'm about to burn these Balenciagas because they're nasty. I'm not shopping at Target. I'm not going to, to Starbucks anymore until they bring the pumpkin spice stuff back because then God wants me to be happy, but, you know, they're kind of like Christian terrorists. I'll just, it's pumpkin spice. I'll just get a couple, and then I'll go back to not shopping there. We virtue signal. Oh, I'm going to post this black square tomorrow. Then the next day, I'm going to post this yellow one. And then I'm going to post this blue one. Look at me. I care. I'm saving the world. Check me out. I'm so virtuous. The spirit of this world has created this fake environment that is not real, that makes you think that you even have an ounce of power to remove a threat from your life. And they place this spirit of virtue that would rather say, I am the one, I'm the one taking care of things, I'm saving the world, than acknowledge their need for a savior. That's what the spirit of this world is doing right now. That's what this culture is teaching you right now. Saying, hey, I would rather be God than acknowledge I need a God. I saw this crazy thing the other day. There was a historical movie that came out, and it, it should be up for every Oscar. They had the best visuals, best script, best performances, all of those things. But they said they won't be nominated for any Oscars this year because there wasn't enough minority representation and gay representation. They can't win the most prestigious award in film, the Oscar, because they didn't have these two groups represented in their film. And on one hand, they're saying, wow, what an amazing thing. You're making it inclusive for these people. You should support that. You should rep that. And don't get, don't get it twisted. I think minority representation is important. But it's a historical film. In our culture, in our society, has turned into this virtue signaling fake world that says we are going to change history to fit the feelings of the current population. And so it might not seem like a big deal, but where does it stop? If the most prestigious award you could win for presenting history has to be altered you have to change what happened in order to win an award. Where does it stop? 
if, is it just our movies? Does it then go into our history? Does it go into our science? It has. If you go look at a textbook right now, there aren't just two genders anymore. Where does it stop? Does it go into this faith? Absolutely. We've stepped into this fake world. We've stepped into this culture and said, you know what? This is cool. Let me change it a little bit to make everybody feel good. Let me change the rules. Let me move the finish line. Let me get everybody a trophy. Even if it's at the cost of truth. Because how we feel is more important than the truth. We live in a world where we would rather play God than acknowledge our need for a savior. We've normalized bondage. We've normalized bondage. Body positivity. Even if you gotta take 50 medications just to be able to live. Be your true self. Even if you identify as a cat, that's mental illness. You laugh, I have kids in DSM that do that. It's not funny. When I have to talk to some parent, a kid's parent about their kid identifying as an animal. It's ridiculous. It's mental illness. And they go to a school where they say, no, be yourself. Be who you are. Let's send you down to the guidance counselor and she'll put out a little bowl of cat food for you. Oh, yeah. It's real. And it sounds hilarious, but it's not funny. We are living in this world, we are living in this fake world, church, and we have to decide as Christians if we are going to go forward in step with what culture is doing, or if we are going to stand on this word and believe the truth. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. If this message rubs you the wrong way, that's fine. But again, I will be the stone you trip over. I'm not afraid. We have to be better. We got to do better because God came to redeem and save a dirty, broken world. This world's dirty, this world's broken, this world's dangerous. But you have a savior. You have a savior that already paid. You don't have to walk around scared. You don't have to walk around worried. You don't have to walk around conforming to what everybody tells you to do because you have a savior that already paid. You already have the keys. Don't walk around in bondage any longer. You got keys and you sitting there chained up. Use them. First point is stay woke. Everybody say stay woke. You know, I used to love woke people. Woke people used to be cool, man. They used to be tough, but they done perverted the woke people. Listen. The woke people used to be like that old uncle at the party, like, come here, nephew, let me tell you something. You know, they got the, they privatizing prisons, they privatizing schools, now there's this, there's this prison pipeline going on where they send the kids straight to the prison to make the, and it was cool. The woke people used to be cool. They used to have, like, information. Don't drink the water, there's fluoride in there. But then they changed it. <laughs> they perverted the woke people. Woke people now are like running up to me telling me why I should be mad about every little thing. Woke people now got blue hair and just doing the most. They not cool no more. We got to take woke back. We got to take woke back. 
We need to have a woke spirit that is sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us each and every day, that is in step with what heaven has going on each and every day, that we're not worried about the things of this world. We know, you know what, God, I hear your voice so clearly. I'm so awake to hearing what you have to say. I don't question it. I don't wait for it. I just go and do as I am told. That's where we have to get to because the woke people, they twisted it up. Woke ain't woke like it used to be. It's messed up. In 2 Peter 2.12, it says, These people blasphemy in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals, creature of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like animals, they too will perish. 13, they will be paid back with the harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasure while they feast with you. Give me 14. Trying to equate murder to freedom. They are taking your rights away, all right? In 14, they say, with eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed, in accursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezer, who loved the wages of wickedness. They have tried to equate murder to freedom. They love the wages of wickedness. (laughs) They never stop sinning. They seduce those who don't know. They're experts in greed. They're experts in greed. The voice of this world right now is telling each and every person in this room that murder is freedom. Murder equals freedom. And you say, wait a minute, what does that mean? No, there's laws against killing people, is there? Because in November we are gonna vote And we're going to say if it's okay to kill babies. In November, we're going to vote. And we're going to have a choice to make that says, is murder freedom? Are we being seduced by the voice of this world that are masters in greed? Are we being seduced by this world that sits down at the table with us and is able to tell us what we think? Pull on your heartstrings because it's murder. It is murder. And it says it right here in this verse. They will be paid back. In 13, it says they will be paid back for the harm they have done. They will be paid back for the harm that they have done. And they package it in this lie, this fake lie that says this is your right. This is freedom. You should fight for your rights. You should fight for your rights. It is your right to choose. And I want to shed light on this nasty, sinister plot of the evil enemy that is from hell to try to turn this issue into something that you should support. There is a blindness over Christians in this country. There is a blinder in front of Christians' faces in this country 
that thinks that that in any way, shape, or form is acceptable. Because it's not. Equating murder to freedom. You should fight for this right. You should fight for the right to kill these babies, especially the brown ones. Let's talk about it. Because Planned Parenthood was created and still operates to this day, and I stand on this platform and tell you, with a sinister agenda of ethnic cleansing of minorities in this country. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. It's the truth. Go Google it. It's the truth, and I take it personally. I take it personally, why? Because I'm one of the three, one out of every three that, whose parents sat in that clinic and decided not to go through with it, and I thank you for that every day, Mom. So I do take it personally. I take it personally because minority kids are being killed at a five times higher rate. The marketing is targeted at those communities. There's a reason why there's a Planned Parenthood next to Little Caesars and not next to Lululemon. There's a reason. Don't get it twisted. It's not confusing and it's not hard to see. And they will have to answer for the 20 million babies that were killed since 1973. And if you sit at that table and live in that fake world, any longer, you will too. So the next time you hear a politician, the next time you see a business, the next time you hear a leader, a preacher, your favorite athlete, anybody that you look up to try to use black lives to virtue signal and then turn around and support pro-choice, understand that they will have to answer for the genocide that is taking place in this country. Don't get it twisted. Wake up. Stop playing those games. It's going to be hard. But don't let them do you like that. Don't go out like that. You're not progressive. You're not progressive. You're not intelligent. You're in bondage. You've fallen in line. They change in the rules. They change in the award just so you can win. It's not in this word. It's not in this word. This word says life is sacred. Every life. And I don't care how much Planned Parenthood doesn't want to call those babies children, fetuses. They try to separate them from those words that mean life. Except for when it comes time to sell those cells to create those vaccines that you're putting in your body. Oh yeah, do a little Google search. Do a little Google search and check the nutrition facts on PF Pfizer before you put something in your body. Before you take something that's killing all these healthy athletes passing out on the field. Do a little search, because it says it very clearly right there. Living, growing fetus cells. They are masters in greed. They are masters in greed. you got a healthy athlete taking a shot for a cold that's giving them heart issues. Don't make any sense. That's crazy. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. 
They are experts in greed. You better be stable. I asked you at the beginning of this, will you be a living stone being built into a house of righteousness? That house has to be stable. Otherwise, you are going to get pulled right in. Pulled right in. My next point is I'm not with you. I want everybody to say this in a second. But when you say I'm not with you, I want you to speak to the spirit of this world that would try to group you and make you identify. That would try to group you together with somebody else and tell you what you believe based on who you are. So let me hear you say, I'm not with you. Say it one more time. I'm not with you. You have to be aware of group identity. They'll try to group you. Oh, because you black. Oh, because you're white. Oh, because you're Hispanic. Oh, because you're a male, female. Oh, you from Northeast Ohio? That means right? you a Browns fan. <laughs> that one's okay. <laughs> Beware of group identity. You could be with me on that. I'm with you. We love the Browns. Beware of group identity. You have to be careful because they'll try to tell you what you believe and who you are. And the dangerous part is that we all want to feel like we are part of something. Man, this world can be lonely. This world can feel alone. You can walk through this life and you desire so dearly just to be a part. And it feels good. Some days I want to go where everybody knows your name, right? Everybody knows your name. It feels good. But don't sell your soul. Don't live in a fake world just to feel some acceptance. Because let me tell you something. If you root yourself in him, you'll find that validation. If you get in this building, if you get around these people who love the Lord, you'll find that place where everybody knows your name. You'll find that place where you will be empowered, where you will be restored, where you'll be able to come up to this altar and receive that thing you need. That this world will try to replicate, but you'll never find it in. This world will try to replicate, but the only solution will be to just consume more of the world to be able to fill that void that can only be filled by him. <laughs> I used to work at a restaurant, and I had a coworker. He was gay. Super, super cool guy, though. He was nice, very cool. And we used to have very tough conversations because, obviously, I'm a Christian. He believed this. He used to tell me all this long list of people that were evil to him and mean to him from the church and everything the church did and all this good stuff. And, you know, I would ask him questions. And over time, he began to realize that, hey, Jeremiah doesn't hate me. Matter of fact, he treats me a lot better than these people who know nothing about Christ treat me. And he just looks at my sin the same way he looks at these people throwing up on themselves at the bar getting drunk. He doesn't hate me. But I remember we were at work one day. And he was like, we were talking about they, them, and pronouns, and the rights, and all these things, and using bathrooms. And he was like, Jeremiah, you know, you should agree with this. You're black. You should agree with this stuff because you're black. And I said, (sighs) 
Grace, Father. So, <laughs> give me grace. No, I didn't get mad at him. But what I did tell him, I said, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about my great-grandmother named Sophie Mae Burris. I said, she was the first one to be able to read in our family. She's the first one. I get to see her next weekend. So she was the first one to be able to read. Why? Because before her, they weren't allowed. She grew up in a family who wasn't allowed to even read and write in proper English. I said, so no, you're not gonna equate what my great-grandmother had to fight to be able to do to what you wanna pervert because you feel like it. And I'm not going for it. I'm not going for it. I'll never forget the day I got a bad grade on my report card. A great nana sat me down. She told me that story. She said, you know, I'm the first one to be able to do this. So you better value this education. <laughs> I was like, great nana, I'm sorry. I let you and Frederick Douglass down. <laughs> That's the worst, <laughs> that was the worst I ever felt about getting bad grades. <laughs> I let us all down, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know, I said don't try to equate our plights, bro. Don't try to use me as your little racial tissue every time you wanna feel bad about something, don't do that. Don't allow group identity to define who you are. You better be careful because it's enticing. It's enticing to want to be a part of something, but if it doesn't align with this, you have no business being in it. You have no business touching this. If it's not in line with what God said, don't go to it. I don't care how enticing or how much they love you. It's not worth it. I got this the other day just to speak on the they, them for a second. I was reading and the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, you know, they, them, is a lot like the passage in Mark 5, when Jesus delivered the man from the demons. Everybody remember that? So I love in this passage, as I read it, the Holy Spirit clicked. It says that he spoke to the demon. He said, what is your name? Because there's power in calling upon a name. You take authority when you say a name. Same way when you say the name of Jesus. But he asked the demons inside the man, he said, what is your name? And the man replied, he said, we are legion because we are many. We are legion because we are many. And what that meant was that there was a host of demons working in concert within their heart, within their body. There was a host of demons working together to control that man. Jesus said, come up out of there, and he sent him out. But what the Holy Spirit told me is that that they, them, is a modern expression of possession. It's a modern expression of possession. It's a modern acknowledgement that there are multiple spirits working in concert together over these people, that they are completely blind and in bondage to what they are even speaking. I'm not me. I'm not my name. I am they, them. Because there are a host of spirits working on those people. And so when you encounter those things, 
You have to say, come up out of there in Jesus' name. What is your name? I will not refer to you as they or them. Because I don't abide under the law of hell. It's a modern expression of possession. The fake world spirit. In 2 Peter 2, 17 through 18, it says that these people are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them, for they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping for those who live in error. They entice people who are just getting out of it. False preachers, false teachers, leaders. They say, man, let me get these weak people. Let me pray on the weak. You don't really know. You just came to church one time, so you know what I mean? You just know Jesus a little bit. I can get you still. Maybe they look at you in this room. They say, oh, you've been in your faith for a long time, but you look tired. Let me see if I can sway you over here. Let me use this group identity to pull you up out of this light from God. But let me tell you something, church. Listen to me and listen to me good because we're about to get into a season where this stuff is going to get real ugly. But before you are black, before you are white, before you are Hispanic, Asian, before you are a man, before you are a woman, before you are a Republican or a Democrat, before you are a part of any organization, before you are a fan of any team, before you are a part of any group, you are a citizen of heaven. And if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, if that is who you are, then you are blood-bought and you are born again. And before the world will try to put any title on you, before they would try to group you, that is who you abide in. Those are the rules you operate by. That's it. So before this world tries to get you riled up to fight somebody or talk down against somebody, before you swear your allegiance to some old corrupt man that is campaigning for an office that is corrupt, run by a system that is corrupt, before you're ready to cancel somebody and walk out and cut people out of your lives, remember who you are and where you're from. That's it. Because that is not who you are. These people are springs without water. That is not who you are. Living water flows from you. Light flows from you. You are not weak. You know better. But you have to dig into this. You can't be mastered by the fake world. I love this verse, 2 Peter 2, 19. It says, they promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Stop taking advice from people who are in bondage. Stop taking advice from people who are in bondage. And money doesn't mean you free. Being really good at singing doesn't mean you're free. <laughs> Being entertaining does not mean you are free. LeBron James, we love you, but you are not my doctor. And you definitely are not my savior. 
So I would never take a medical advice from him. I would never take spiritual advice from him. Put whoever you like in there. That is not your savior. They didn't die for you. They are not rooted in this. And if they aren't, they're in bondage. If they are not rooted in this, freed by this, driven by this, guided by this, then you better not take one word out their mouth as truth. You better be careful. Because it's hard. We say, man, we love that song. They so good. So whoever they say, I'm going to vote for. No, no, no. Because they said, I'm going to post this square. No. You have to understand who you are guided by. And don't fall prey to the spirit of this fake world. Let me get verse 20 and 22 up there. Yeah, 21st. I want to, I'm going to read this with you. It says, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by throwing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Give me the next one. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of the righteous than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and the soul that is washed returns to their wallowing in the mud. If you know better, if you're in this room, you're responsible now. You're responsible. And it says it very clearly that if you know, and you know the truth, and you decide, you know, you know I'm going to go back into this fake world. If you know better, and you decide you want to live in the fake world, it would have been better for you to never have known. It would have been better for you to never have known. Because you're responsible. And it clearly says what you are. A dog returning to your vomit. A pig that got cleaned and jumps back in the mud. It's nasty stuff. All really stinky examples. God be knowing sometimes, because I don't like stuff that smells bad. So when he puts stuff like that in the Bible, I'm like, ugh, ugh. God, no. All he had to do is mention something that stinks. I'm, I'm in line. It would have been better if you never knew. So I'm sorry. You're responsible now. You got to break out of the fake world. Let's talk about the remedy in three steps. First and foremost is you have to pursue spiritual maturity. Everybody say pursue spiritual maturity. Pursue spiritual maturity. You have to pursue spiritual maturity. How do you do that? You read this word. You get in his presence. You stay in this room. You stay connected to the heart of God each and every day. And as you grow, as you go forward, you begin to recognize the truth versus the lie. You may not know right in that second what verse it is. You may not be able to say it off the top of your head. But if you read this enough, when you hear a lie you will know it's not true. When the world tries to group you in and say, oh, because you're a part of that group, this is what you should believe. You say, ah, uh-uh. My spirit doesn't agree with that. 
My spirit doesn't agree with what you're trying to say to me right now. I can, I can smell the sauce that you put on here. I can smell the seasoning that you try to add to this. And that's not my word. That's not the truth that comes from heaven. That's not the truth that comes from the heavenlies. I can smell it. So you have to stay rooted in this. You have to read your word every day. You have to spend time in his presence. Otherwise, the world will serve you something with a whole bunch of sauce and seasoning on it that is not of God. And you will eat it right up. I'm being virtuous, yes. I'm living in the fake world. But I'm doing it because I love people. I'm agreeing with their sin because I love them. I'm empowering. I'm complicit because it's love. It's acceptance. It's positivity. Even though they're dying, even though they're in bondage, even though they're in chains, even though their generations are being affected, it's love. You have to become spiritually mature. The next one is you have to be a living stone. You have to be a living stone. You have to be being built into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood, offering sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You have to be that spiritual house because this world is in a chaotic storm. This world is in a chaotic storm. And if you don't wake up each and every day and be willing to grow more and more and more, then your house will not be built. And when that storm comes, you're going to fall. You have to be a living stone being built to a spiritual house. That means that you never make it. You've never arrived. You don't have the luxury to sit back and kick your feet up. That's not, that's not a luxury that's been afforded to you and I. Until we get to heaven, there's work to do. There's work to do each and every day to be that living stone, to get closer to him, to be filled with his word every single day. It's living. It's not stagnant. When something is living, it's growing. And so we have to grow. We have to grow each and every day. We have to grow closer to him. We have to be filled with his spirit. We have to be filled with his words. And we have to be willing to be built into a spiritual house that says the only sacrifices of my time, the only sacrifices of my attention are being offered up unto the most high. There's nothing that comes before him. There's not sports that come before him. There's nothing that comes before him. He is the one true king. He is the Lord of my life. He is the one who sits on my throne every single day. I put nothing before him. I am a living stone being built into a house, ready for it, ready for what the enemy would try to throw at me. And my last one is that our convictions have to be greater than the opinions of this world. Our convictions of who God is and who he's been, and who he will be, have to be greater than the opinions of this world. You have to be able to stand up 
to those coworkers. You have to be able to stand up to that family who doesn't agree. You have to be able to stand up to your social media. You have to be able to stand up to the kids, parents who they're on the team with and say, no, I don't agree with that. JT's coming to DSM every single Thursday. I don't care if he misses something. He's going to be here. Why? Because I am a living stone and my conviction about who God is is greater than the convictions of this world, the opinions of this world. And I know who he is to me and I know when he's in this room he will be empowered and on Sunday he's going to be in the front worshiping leading the adults in the room my convictions of who he is will not bow to the opinions of you you can come up and tell me I look stupid you can come up and tell me I'm wrong you can come up and tell me you disagree you can come up and tell me everything that is bad that is going to happen to me but guess what I know exactly what this word says about all of those things and what it says about me and it matters way more than what your opinion is of me it doesn't matter this opinion that the world has has nothing in this it doesn't stand up to this This is sharper than any two-edged sword. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I don't need to hear what you think to move. Your opinion does not validate the way I operate. I will not live in bondage because this is freedom. This is truth. This is life. Our convictions have to be greater because if they're not, we'll bend. You'll say the truth, I don't believe in abortion. Oh, well that means you hate women, you don't believe they should have rights. And you'll say, oh, well I guess that's, that is true. I don't wanna hurt somebody. So maybe I will vote for it to be okay. No. Your conviction of what his word says and who he is has to be stronger than the opinions of this world. Otherwise you will live in that fake world forever. So as I close today, I want everybody in this room to make a decision. I want everybody in this room to make a decision to either remain where you are, living in the fake world, or to move forward and step out. To say, God, I'm committing myself to be spiritually mature. I'm committing myself to be a living stone being built into a house of righteousness that offers sacrifices that are representative of you and the goodness of your glory. And my convictions about who you are and who you've been to me will be greater than any opinion this world has to offer. If you want that step, if you want to take that step, if you're going to make that commitment today, I want you to stand to your feet. If you're going to be willing and committed to say, I'm done living in a fake world. I'm done living in the ways and the culture of what the spirit of this world has to say. And as we are standing, I want to challenge you one more time to take a step forward. Because I want to pray over you and I want to read this, this scripture over you. But take a step forward. If you're making that commitment today, I want you to step forward. Come forward in this room. Because I want to read this verse over you. Because it's not going to be easy. Fake world is comfortable, man. It's very comfortable. It's enticing. The enemy is a master at this stuff. 
He's going to do each and everything that he possibly can to pervert, to lie, to twist, to confuse, to divide. He's going to use all those tactics. But if you think that if God could appoint an apostle to write letters all that time ago that would be applicable to the things that we are going to today, if you believe that, then you better believe that there is nothing too great for him that is coming this year, that is coming this election season, that is coming on the news that can shake you. If he was able to send words that would ripple through time, and guide us today on this Sunday you better believe there is nothing that is coming that is new to him ain't nothing new to him he created this all we have to do is step in and sit in that say Jesus I align with you right now I align with you right now so with every eye closed I just ask that you will raise your hands to heaven right now and receive this verse in 2 Peter 3.17, it says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. As we close today, I want to encourage you. Say, look at these people next to you. You're not alone. You're not alone. The world going to make it seem like you're all by yourself on that island, believing in the truth. But this is the truth. This is the truth. Don't allow this world to disconnect you. Try to group you in and pull you away from Christ. Don't get caught up in that. Stay in the truth of heaven. Don't fall into that fake world. Because each and every one of you have been empowered. You have been empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. And this world needs you to stay that way. So don't waver. Stay strong. And allow him to make you a living stone that is being built into a spiritual house. I speak that over each and every one of you today. You are a living stone being built into a spiritual house. You are a living stone being built into a spiritual house right now that will have convictions that are so strong about who he is that there is no opinion in this world that would be able to stand against the truth that comes from heaven that is found in him. God, I thank you for this room. I thank you that they are being built today, Father. I thank you that the truth of your Holy Spirit is cutting through each and every lie that the enemy would try to place upon them, Father. I thank you that the truth that is found in heaven is being imparted right now in the name of Jesus. Truth is being imparted right now, Father. I pray that there is a maturing that is happening right now in this room, God. A maturing that is happening right now in the spirit of each and every person right now in this room, God. That there is a maturing 
maturity that is happening, that there is a maturity that is happening, Father, that when they hear things that are not of you, when they hear lies, when they hear deception, it will stand out. It will stand out. It won't be confusing. There won't be any ifs about it. It will be clear as day, Father, and they will cut through, God. Your Holy Spirit will cut through, and they will see with clarity the lies of the enemy, the plans of the enemy. Jesus, I thank you that no weapon formed against anybody in this room shall prosper because we are your children. I thank you that we can do all things through you who give us strength. And I thank you that we are the healed of the Lord and that by your stripes that you already paid for, there is no spirit of bondage. There is no spirit of iniquity. There is no spirit of sickness that has any place in this room. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for the freedom that is found through truth and knowledge of you. Thank you for the power of heaven, God. And I just pray that you cover these people, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to invite you to just take a few moments up here to worship. Take a few moments to get yourself covered because you know better now. And stepping out of that fake world is hard. So take a few moments in here. Stay in his presence for a second. And I know some people have to go and that's fine. But I just want to thank you and bless you and say live right, love everybody, pray hard. We'll see you next time. <laughs>